0: Today on Talk About That, John wishes there were ninja chiropractors and has some problems with Star Wars terminology. Meanwhile, I find out in the worst way possible that I dress like a slouch and yell at holograms of my dead parents, plus a conversation about gratitude, contentment, and self-care. Today's episode is not sponsored by voicemails, when you should just text the person, but you also want to waste their time.
1: Hey everybody, I'm Dale. And I'm Tamara. We're hosts of the Kynos Project Podcast, where we help you tackle ancient Christian truths in an everyday settings. <laughs> to learn more and subscribe, go to lifeaudio.com. The Historical Jesus Podcast is the sweeping saga of the life and times of Galilean Jesus of Nazareth, as well as the faith, religion Pull up a chair, spend some time with a few friends. Let's talk about that. I'm John here with Johnny. A few? Well, we're a few friends.
0: No, we're a couple
1: friends. I think few can mean... No.
0: Few is more than two.
1: Really? Yeah. Oh, man. I don't know, bro.
0: I know couple is two, obviously. The English language is my playland. <laughs> and you've made a horrible mistake. Are, are those people that... There are people that bother me. they the ones that say, like, it's 12 items or fewer... Mm. Not the 12 items or less line, right? Yeah. Don't those people... Like, there's a line where even a grammar Nazi like me, I want to punch that grammar Nazi. I think he's gone too far. Or
1: she. Wow. I
0: don't want to assume.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I don't... I obviously care about grammar. Again, I was not an English major. Mm -hmm. And it shows. Yeah. Um, But, yeah, I, I do think that grammar... The way that we use it, especially when we're all, like, freaking out about it, we have to remember that English changes over time. Often what was grammatically unacceptable at one point now is acceptable. And even the rule has changed. So
0: Mm -hmm. it's kind of like
1: fashion. When people freak out about fashion, I'm going, who is making the rules? Yeah. Like, that was, that looked so, hey, everyone thought that looked stupid 10 years ago, and everyone thinks it looks great, and I'm going, well, to can both be true. Even the
0: rule, I read this in a an article one day about all the English rules that we live by now, and some of them were just like these weird, arbitrary 18th century whatevers, and they were just like, just being erudite, you know, and the, one of them was the dangling participle, mm. like not ending, not ending a, or not ending a sentence on a preposition. Right. Um, and that's totally, everybody was doing that. And this one gets like decided that wasn't the way right. we just, for whatever reason that caught on. And now it's like, you just don't, you're going to fail the paper. If you do
1: that, doing so was unheard of. Hmm? i see what you did. See what I did there. Yeah. It's, when I am writing though, and I try, cause I really do try to, 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 to end on a preposition. It sounds so pretentious mm-hmm. to say, um, Instead of saying that I, yeah. was the thing he was concerned about, yeah, to say that was the thing about which he was concerned, right. and when you write it, you're like, man, you feel I, like you
0: feel like it's Dickens or something.
1: <laughs> it really is. My editors <laughs> will even go like, hey, it's okay, just end it with the. Yeah. Sometimes they're like, it just we know what you're doing and it's proper. Yeah. But if you're if it's a trade book, especially, it just sounds not. It does not sound like how people... A trade
0: book is like what? A book that people trade? Because they're like, I didn't I like, didn't you like wanna, it. You give me this and the-
1: Do you have an Oreo? I'll yeah. trade for it.
0: Anything. Yeah. Bag of Fritos, whatever <laughs> you got.
1: Well, we say trade book, Johnny.
0: Yeah. In the industry?
1: In the industry. In the biz. You're generally j- talking about like a 50,000-word book. Okay. That's that standard size that all the books you have that you know the right. self-help non-fiction trade book
0: i'm for sure trading that so book.
1: but like a historical fiction or historical non-fiction it's going to be like a huge book or okay. a book that's a different size or a gift book so trade just means like it's the standard book in the marketplace johnny <sighs> okay have you ever traded one of my books for something you probably have like a nickel or a <laughs> <laughs> have you ever seen one of your books at goodwill or anything I think I've seen some. Yeah, yeah, I've seen some. I Hitler. think
0: I saw one of our – somebody sent us a photo of one of our old CDs from a Goodwill. Yeah. They were like, found this today. I was like, <sighs> it's kind of heartbreaking, but yeah. also kind of like interesting. Like, what did they get for it? Did they so, donate it? Someone held on to that. I guess you give things at Goodwill. You don't, you don't get anything. Yeah, like, you there's just donating. like
1: McKay's or whatever, where you actually can go in and sell your old stuff. But.
0: There's, a, there's a buddy of mine, Aaron Weber, who's a comic, and he has a bit about seeing uh, – a number one dad hat at goodwill uh-huh. and he was like that's just like a sad story all around <laughs> like best case scenario he's dead you know <laughs> <All right. laughs> you know if you lose the title of number one dad uh-huh. and you're still alive that's, That's awful. Yeah,
1: we don't want to know the backstory to this.
0: He left or whatever, and they're like, well, we're this hat's hat not goodwill. Yeah. Yeah. Every time I look at that hat, it makes me weep bitterly, so you take it to goodwill. Well, Best case scenario, he's dead.
1: Well, but, or, think about it, if you really were that upset, you would destroy the hat. So maybe they were hanging on to hope. They took the hat.
0: They want another they, number one dad.
1: They couldn't just let go of it. Yeah. They wanted someone else to maybe have The to funny thing that is the lost.
0: idea that a number, the other number one dad... It's going to be shopping at Goodwill. Like that's the mantle is passed that way to Goodwill shoppers, which look, if you're a Goodwill shopper, God love you. I like Goodwill. Yeah. So I've told you my story of going to the last time I went to Goodwill was to get outfits for the movie. Uh, I had this movie role and uh, it was supposed to be this guy who lived in a factory town. The whole plot of the movie, Buddy had written it for me. Yeah. He was like, hey, I've got this role. I think you'd be good for it. And then I couldn't do that role because it was going to be thug number one or thug number two. I was going to beat him up in the movie. Wow. Did I tell you this?
1: I didn't know you ever to so be a thug. I was going to
0: beat him up because he thought, well, Johnny's a big guy, whatever. This guy's like a 160 pound Hollywood guy. Yeah. You know, my buddy Ryan. So he was like, you could beat me up. I go, yeah, I'll break you in half. <laughs> I was probably 270 then. <laughs> and so then, but they couldn't shoot. I had a show. He goes, oh, we're shooting that part. He goes, I've got one other role, it's townsperson number one. Which is what I ended up taking, (laughs) but I had to shoot it and then it was a night shoot. And then I had to be in Fayetteville, Arkansas the next day to do a show like at noon. Yeah. So I had Dane drive me through the night after this shoot. But anyway, I had to have clothes. He goes, well, here's what you need. So they got in touch with me. His, his assistant got in touch with me about what I would need for the shoot. It's a, here's your role. It's a factory town. You're out of work. And they're leaving a courthouse because the factory's being shut down. It's something about a Christmas parade. It's a Hallmark kind of movie. Yeah, It's not a Hallmark movie that's very hallmarky. So the Christmas parade, they got to save the Christmas parade. Well it's a factory town, the factory's being shut down, blah blah blah. So I'm one of the people that's outside that's out of work, and I keep like, I push through the crowd to ask Mr. Peyton, who's Ryan's character, to give me a job. That's my line. Mr. Peyton, can you give me a job? That's my line. Uh, and scene.
1: Wow, you remember it?
0: Yeah, <laughs> can you believe? <laughs> but I had to have clothes that kind of looked like I lived in a factory town in Grundy, Virginia, yeah. which is where this was set. So I go to because I don't have any like flannels or anything. Everything I wear is a black T-shirt, yeah, or a Henley or whatever. So I was like, I want to look whatever. So I go to get some old, you know, workman style clothes, and I was looking for like some Dickies, you know work shirts. Couldn't find anything, but I found a few flannels. And then I had my dumb leathery gray jacket that I wore over it just to the shoot. And yeah. I was going to change into like a coverall kind of a thing over the flannel. <laughs> and when I got there, I had all this stuff on a hanger, uh-huh. you know, like eight choices that i had bought some boots and stuff. And then she goes, are you ready? Like the assistant's got a clipboard and headphones. She goes, are you ready? And I go, I just need to change. She goes, no, this is great. What you got on is great. And I go, so I look I, at that point. I realized I already I, looked like an out of work right. factory worker with my everyday apparel. Yeah, which is kind of a moment. That's a right. That's an interesting way to, to look find like out. An employed
1: factory worker. I mean, yeah, I mean, it's an
0: interesting way to find out. You, you don't, don't dress out. so great.
1: It looks like you've been out of work a long time. <laughs> and yeah.
0: Where do we get a local? This guy's amazing.
1: <laughs> you have really pulled off the disheveled part. Yeah. It's so well.
0: When you wipe that black stuff on your face, you can wipe that off. We don't need. We don't need that. Oh, I had myself stuff in my face? I had no idea. You don't have to mess up your hair. It's fine. Yeah. Yeah. Look yeah. like I came out straight out of the coal mines. Yeah. Well, but uh, anyway, I'm moisturizing now.
1: Everything's better. Speaking, was, of, speaking of moisturizing, by the way. Yeah. Do you moisturize, John? Johnny, no. Okay. And I was asked this. So long story, but worth it. We got time. <laughs> what else I got to do? <laughs> so about 4.30 this morning, I woke up and I have like this. Arm pain in my left arm. Now, Johnny, I don't know if you know medical things. I keep. How is this going to end up having to do with moisturizer? Trust me. Okay, it's going to get there. And so I have this like pain that's sort of radiating, like elbow down. And it keeps me up, but that's also, not great. yeah. And with my family heart history, I'm like, you mm-hmm. know, I just actually went to the Vanderbilt Olympic Clinic this week, and they basically told me I was invincible. They're like, y- "You're good." You know? Oh wow. so, I mean, I've been eating just straight pies. I got to go there since, but. No, I'm still doing other testing, but um, but it, it's it was it was better than it could have been. So I'm like, man, it's like the day before Thanksgiving, and I can't sleep. It, it it hurt like it's hurting right now, actually. Really? Yeah. And so it's in my left arm. So I get up when we wake up this morning. I take my blood pressure. It's pretty high. Oh boy. Like, oh, okay.
0: But that could just be the nervous. Correct. Of that could be like
1: me now. Yeah. So um, I run down to my doctor and. I didn't run. I drove.
0: I started yeah. to say that.
1: <laughs> you know, your blood pressure is really high. <laughs> um, I go in and they do an EKG. Well, so they will take off your shirt, lay down. So they're going to put these, they're going to put these leads on you, mm. these sticky pads. You know? Right. And then she couldn't get one of the leads of the EKG to work. Okay. Like, I mean, had to redo it like four times. And you know what she asked me? She was like, do you have a lotion on? Like on oh, my chest. Oh, okay. And I was like, No. And I was thinking, like, is that a thing? You like, got a
0: slimy chest. You didn't know. I wouldn't.
1: It. I wouldn't. I, so to say, I moisturized or not? That's where that came from. That like, that's skin. the second time today someone's asked me basically if I've moisturized, Johnny. Well, you I just use, have such glowing, effervescent. I've not been asked that once in, in the last ten years, maybe, yeah. t- Johnny, maybe ever. So, well, by the way, my heart was fine. That's good. They think I just slept on my arm, funny, and then sort of tweaked the nerve. Yeah, he he sort of traced the nerve path that's causing it down the top of my forearms like could it not have been my leg or my right arm you know but it gives you this you know are hmm. you the kind of guy if you have a pain in your left arm and could 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 you rest I'll, if you know you have cardiovascular yeah. family history i'm just I, like Ugh. man i
0: push things down pretty good <laughs> i do a thing of like uh, let's see if this stills bother me tomorrow
1: <laughs> see i don't want you know johnny like, I, my neck ha- is, I want to have a tomorrow like my
0: neck has been stiff like i can't turn my head all the way the way it should yeah, go. Yeah, that's not a symptom of anything. I don't know what it is, but I I feel like I need. Are there people that just crack your neck, or do you have to go to a chiropractor and him go? Well, we need two years of treatment. Here's the plan. Here's three thousand dollars of want treatment. Want someone
1: who's not a chiropractor cracking your neck?
0: What I need, you know how like in those movies, like Steven Seagal or Jean-Claude Van Damme will grab the bad guy and just go, cock, Right. I need that, but like a little bit less. <laughs> like not to where it kills me, but where it just. Wouldn't it be great if he did that to someone and they were like, oh,
1: thank Whew. you? I was just thinking the same <laughs> thing. We should make a spoof movie where they come you up behind no him. I have no idea. I've been having migraines for years. But like the bad guy's got an yeah. Uzi and he's just waiting, and the yeah. good guy sneaks up behind him and cracks his neck. And he's like, mm-hmm. wow, thank you. And that he is... joins in the fray of the good guy. It's what yeah, turns that him, him around. him, yeah. This whole time, it was just neck pain. Yep. Made him cranky. He'll do it every he time. started killing people with Uzi's. Listen, you need to be in alignment.
0: <laughs> <laughs> that's a spiritual concept, don't, really. Don't you, though?
1: I will say, if someone is going to crack your neck, though, it's be better to not be done by surprise. Yeah, no, you want
0: to know it's coming. But if you
1: know it's coming, you cinch up. Like, if so I was I a chiropractor, to... I would do that to people. Like, sneak up like it is in the movie. Just okay. crack them from behind without them knowing, you know. And then they feel better, but yeah, that'd be kind of like a, what if you had like a Steven Seagal as a chiropractor? Like, okay. that's, that's what he does.
0: But listen, but, he's done every other kind of movie at this point. I think he would do it.
1: is he still doing hard to crack
0: (laughs) (laughs) the adjustment bureau but it's a different it's a it's a new it's a reboot Nice. anyway yeah yeah, i I don't know but i need something but i just it's getting some better so i'm like oh slowly it's going it's getting better so i'll just wait it out yeah because i don't want to go how do you even explain it hey i can't really like what is what doctor because then he's got to refer you (sighs) It is a whole thing. yeah. The and trouble. then doctors don't like chiropractors, and chiropractors don't like doctors, so they'll be like, oh, well, where have you been going to a, a regular physician? Well, a, I'll tell you what's
1: wrong. It's a blood feud from the beginning it is. Of time. I do agree that there, I do let a lot of things go, mm-hmm. and I tried to make that plain today because I felt silly, like, look, I'm here. No, I
0: was glad because you called me and said, I got to push back breakfast. I'm going to go get an EKG, and I was like, wow. First of all, I thought, what kind of great primary care do you have? That you can just be like, hey, I need to come by this morning for an EKG that you just found out about now.
1: Well, they have a bunch of doctors in the – it's a building like right next door to us, basically. They're Here. just ready
0: with the leads. Right when you walk in, they're like, they're like do you <laughs> have any lotion on? They're like ready for you.
1: <laughs> yeah, it was – I didn't get to my normal doctor. I saw someone I'd never seen before, but – Are you sure you were <laughs> – John, I think you were a Jiffy Loop. Like, I've never seen a person That's like not- this before. <laughs> <laughs> I just pulled over the big bay. <laughs> like, going uh, up on rack four! <laughs> 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 It'd be great. Uh, your sensor's bad. Uh, <laughs> You've got that's o- really what nerve pain is, is your sensor's it bad. It is. You've
0: got an O2 sensor We're going to need to wonky. replace this, yeah.
1: Um, yeah, it's... Um, they walk – I told him. well, you walk in and say you have left arm pain. That helps. That's Expedite. true.
0: Yeah. That'll get you past and the then, guy that's just got like an oozing sore on his lip.
1: Right. And then the nurse, when I got in there, she was like, you know, really, if you had left arm pain this mm-hmm. bad, you probably should have went to the emergency room. And I was like, yeah, we debated that. Yeah. But my doctor's like next door to where I work and just thought, surely we could just rule this out with an EKG and not Yeah. I – mean to go in and have blood work. Like, yeah. <laughs> If I'm dying, sure, that would have been a great it's choice. Like, we're, this is so funny. Like, is as very... we get
0: older, this is going to be what the show is. Just our different <laughs> maladies. Just like what, what's hurting this week. So, we need like its own theme song.
1: Let's play Connect the Mole. <laughs> it is
0: because I had blood work last week. Uh, I haven't had a physical in ages. And so I was like, I'm going to get blood panel because my buddy Rick was like, he had uh, prostate cancer this year, and he was like, everybody, go get your PSA test. He was telling all of his friends, go get a P- – it's just a blood test. I go, I don't know what PSA it's a, is. It's a
1: PSA about getting He gave PSA a PSA about.
0: about PSA. And he goes, it's a prostate uh, level. It lets you know if you have any prostate cancer. I was like, it's just a blood test? He goes, yeah. I go, okay. So I scheduled some blood panel, like cholesterol the whole night. I was like, can we do a PSA while I'm there? So then they get back to me with my results. They're so like, your A1C is normal. Your cholesterol is a tiny bit high. Just watch it. And blah blah blah. Everything was normal. And your vitamin D is a little low. Get on a supplement. I go, okay. And then I go, What happened with the PSA? Uh, you know what, we forgot to run it. We've still got blood though from you, so we'll run it now. We'll let you know tomorrow. And then I go, Okay, that's really one of the ones I really wanted to know about Okay. And then that same day, it wasn't even the next day, it was that same day at like four fifty seven. I'm coming home, I was riding my bike. And I was coming home from riding my bike and I'm driving near the exit, uh, luckily near the exit where my doctor's office is. And I get a phone call and it went to voicemail too quick before I could get to it. And then I just listen to voicemail thinking like, I didn't recognize that number. It was my doctor's office. And she goes, hey, this is so, so, and so It's Simply Care. We need you to uh, call us back right away. It's about your uh, test results. And I go, oh, um, my gosh. Yeah. I call back. They close at five and they already had it set to go to voicemail. Oh, so I call the thing 10 times. It's a Friday. I'm freaking out. Yeah. Like, you have results for me? That's the only one that's... Ha- the hanging chad is my PSA. I literally, like, jerked my car off the exit yeah. and went to the thing. and I banged on the door, and there's one on-call nurse there, and she's looking at me like, is this a hold up?" <laughs> like, she's looking at me like... Because I was kind of panicked. She comes to the door, and I go... Hey, you guys just called me, and I think she just clocked out right after she called me. It would have had to have been. Yeah. I said, but I was waiting on PSA results, and I had a friend who had prostate cancer. I really would like to know now rather than Monday. Yeah. She goes, oh, come on in. And she opened the door, unlocked it, and unbolted it, and then like she kind of unclenched a little bit. I think she, she was. Stepped, you know, yeah. she walked backwards. Yeah. Just, yeah, she was very, it was very odd. I mean, I'm sure it was odd for her to just have, like, a random guy, because I was sweaty from riding my bike. I'm just, like, banging on the door, like, hey, I need to come in. But anyway, she goes, what's your name? She looked at me, and she goes, yeah, it's normal. And I go, <laughs> okay. I said, um, can you tell Ashley, um, didn't ever do that again? She goes, what? I go, yeah, that's really bad bedside manner. I said, I love you guys, but don't ever do that. Don't call somebody at four fifty seven on a Friday.
1: Hey, call us back about your results. Yeah. Don't ever do that. There may be some HIPAA thing where she can't leave it in a voicemail. It
0: is, but I'm just saying like, call me at four 30. Yeah. Give me a little bit of a time frame. Yeah. I don't know. And maybe it would have been on their little portal, but I can't ever access the portal, John. Ugh. You know where you go to the thing and you have to create a login, and then they've created one for you, but it's oh. like John Webb 82 yeah. or whatever. And you're like, why would they choose that? The mystical and so portal. you forgot it. I don't know. Yeah, the portal...
1: Yeah, the HIPAA stuff. I like, don't believe
0: in HIPAA. I just think everybody should know everybody's medical stuff, and let's just be done with it. <laughs> <laughs> I,
1: w- I want to have the right in my life to be less secure with information when I, when I want to be. Thank you. If I want to be less secure with this, like sometimes when when I'm I'm the one who's called the the credit card company or whatever, I called you, and and, mm-hmm. and in the automated end of your system, I've already given you all of it. Right, social, and then they have to get it again. And uh, then I now brutal. with the person, they're like, "Can you give me?" I'm like. I've already given all this, and I called, it's like... Plus, there's still, like, when you walk into the doctor,
0: you have to kind of stand at that glass window and say the thing anyway. Yeah, I'm here about You know, you're like... And there's a whole group of other sick people. Right. They're leaning in. What's this guy got? So there's still a little bit of, like, HIPAA's being violated everywhere anyway. You know, if you
1: go to the Kroger uh, pharmacy window, it says that, be advised that... If you have a conversation with the pharmacist, that people inside waiting in line can probably hear it at the microphone. Yeah. You know. you just come oh, in and say something, just say something crazy. Like, hey, I got that uh, flesh-eating <laughs> bacteria. <laughs> and you got that ointment. It's the contagious one. <laughs> well, I mean, you're in your car, though, at least. I got hepatitis Q.
0: That's the new one. <laughs> Anybody know what to do?
1: <laughs> Sir, you just go see your doctor. Doctor.
0: Yeah. 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 Are you going to say dang near kill No. Him? No, not, John. It's too predictable, Johnny. Uh, it's too predictable. Oh, weird. Lord. So tell me, okay, so as long as we're on maladies, you were intriguing me at breakfast, and I didn't want you to finish the story because I wanted to talk about it here. You went to some kind of, uh, was, what did you call it, uh, counseling about your family history? <laughs> no. It was a consult? Well, I went
1: to the Vanderbilt Lipid Clinic. Right. Okay. Not I a have, sponsor. I have uh, familial hyperlipidemia, which is <laughs> meaning family-based cholesterol. Right. like, like, like through Not your,
0: familiar hyperlipidemia. No. That's when you're like, oh, I know and, you. I know
1: you, yeah. And so, when it's, and I've been on Lipitor and stuff my whole adult life, basically, yeah. which is, Right now, I'm thanking my wife for pushing me towards that because that's yeah. actually really good. Yeah, because um, you
0: tried to get off of it many times. You're like, I'll just eat oat bran. No. And they were like, no, it went up. Your cholesterol yeah. went up somehow.
1: And then I even, you know. There ain't
0: enough mueslicks
1: in the world to <laughs> fix you. does nothing for no. you. None. And, and I even I had a, met with a dietitian for like an hour. And so they want me to decrease my saturated fats. I was like, look, yeah. I eat chicken they, wings. That, that took an hour to say? I eat chicken wings like six times a week. Like, can we talk about this you know if i lose it's just it's almost like the the ceo who wears the same outfit to work every day yeah. that's my chicken wings johnny it's okay. just i it's it's like you wear chicken wings to work I, every day <laughs> <laughs> you're like
0: look go with what works and uh it's just you naked holding two chicken wings
1: <laughs> like john you're fired <laughs> also <laughs> we're committing you <laughs> yeah. um yeah um no, I'm saying like it's simplicity and, and yeah. And, and, I get what you mean. Yeah. And they're not a big fan of keto in the old right. cardiovascular no. world because no. of the high fats. So I'm not really keto. I'm more like low carb, and then I'm not all the time anyway. So it just depends. So she's like, I'm okay with low carb. Just yeah. And answer you're like, grains. what do I need
0: to say to get out of this? Meal?
1: Right. <laughs> so she literally went research. You're like, well,
0: you just offered me a chicken wing. That's that's a non-starter.
1: <laughs> she- she did bring me how much a chicken wing has in saturated fat. Oh, she so, did. Yeah, she she went and researched. She's like
0: googling stuff. It's two
1: two grams. Oh, okay. So like she wants me to keep it under twenty. So and you're
0: like, you don't eat a lot of these, do you? And you go, <sighs>
1: no. <dude>. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's like ten wings a day, Johnny. That's all Keeps I eat. the. So, <laughs> and so back to my left arm pain. Uh, so anyway, that was fine. Right. But when the doctor came in, I was like, look, shoot, shoot straight with me, doc. Like this is familial stuff. Like you said, shoot straight with me, Doc. Probably. This is great. That's it's like a movie. Something I would say. Yeah. Uh, at that point, you know, we spent a lot of time talking through my history and everything. I was like, Look, yeah, could I really eat better and make this any different? I've tried that before, mm-hmm. and she was like, You know what, John? Probably with with your family history, you're like, you're not going to just go eat a bunch of vegetables and suddenly lower your LDLs by a hundred. You're not. You're going to need help, which yeah. is why you take the meds and stuff. You know. She said, But when you get to your fifties you might have to meet us in the middle a little yeah. bit. Like we'll help with the meds but you're going to yeah. have to do something. And I was like, I got like 10 more years to worry about that now. So I'm going to eat whatever right. I'm done. I don't but know the that part that,
0: of it that was intriguing to me yeah. was you said that they were going to bring your... They
1: are referring me to what's called a genetic counselor. Yes, genetic counseling. Yeah. And the reason is... I love
0: the idea of this.
1: So they can now, by doing genetic background checks uh-huh. well, that's not right background checks <laughs> like genetic testing yeah. and they can even bring my mom in you know we can we can look at her blood versus mine they can tell if i've taken on the traits i don't know if it's just for the hyperlipidemia what well, you can
0: expect your your pathway it's like, to d- be d-
1: did you inherit is it is it heterozygous or homozygous meaning if it's homozygous yeah. it's bad that means you inherited the bad stuff of both parents oh hetero, really? you only inherited one they think i've only inherited one
0: um, which but, your mom's still alive and kicking. Right. She's so, had health problems, but she's still out there. But
1: really not related to that. She has high cholesterol, but yeah. that's not you – know, you know. my dad died of heart disease, and he had great cholesterol. You know? so, Interesting. So it's it's a um,
0: – So you're hoping for the –
1: Yeah, for the heterozygous, heterozygous. And that they can tell you which parents' genes you've sort of taken after, which I think is – it's really the big question I've asked, knowing my dad had heart disease. When
0: you were talking about it, though, it just – like, what if both parents are dead? Do they just bring in like holograms, and your parents are like floating, like force ghosts. Like, sorry about the heart disease. Like, they're just <laughs> haunting the meeting. I don't know, Johnny. That's what I want. Is that what? <laughs> just to see them again. That's... I just want to. I don't think that. I just want to see mom and dad again, and just be like, well, "How could you do this to hey, me, guys?" Yeah. Because I'm you, upset. Could you've eaten some more Cheerios?
1: Yeah, something.
0: Could you work in a salad? Yeah, or a sit up. Yeah. <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> well, I don't know if a sit going to help your cholesterol that much. But... My mom smoked when she was 15. You know what's funny? My mom started smoking. She told me this. When my mom started smoking, she did it because she had asthma. Because back then, wow. people smoked like menthol cigarettes because they thought it would help asthma. Wow. Like,
1: isn't that crazy? I don't even know what to do with
0: that. There were so many cigarette commercials back then that were just like, smoking's the best,
1: and like wow. crazy little jingles. They'd and They probably don't the, the menthol, like you said. They're holding a baby. Clear. Like, what were <laughs> we doing? Doctors performing surgery with a cigarette in the other hand. You smoked on planes. Like, people got on planes, and it was just like cabins yeah. full of smoke. They made that movie with Samuel Jackson called Smokes on a Plane. Smokes on a Plane. I don't know if you ever. Just too many. Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> you get the idea.
1: Yeah. It, it, it just. Yeah. It was a
0: different time and so we can't really hold our our family completely responsible, but it is that thing of you go, Okay, some of this. Yeah. You could have cleaned it up. Did you watch Mad Men? No. Need to. So
1: there there's a whole arc in there with advertising guys and like the William Morris, you know, empire of tobacco and when they in it's around the time that they begin to really have data. Yeah. Of what it's doing. Oh, and then, and then, and then covering then,
0: it up inside. And, and
1: how long they keep going. Yeah. You know, um, because, yeah, there was a time where it was just considered, you know. There's also theories that the the more pure the tobacco was back then without all the additives and, and yeah. the, the filters and stuff, it actually was less toxic than what we've added to it. It's though. just
0: funny to me, man. And then we marketed cigarettes towards certain groups, like Virginia Slims. I remember that when I was a kid, even like, you've come a long way, baby. Like it was a, <laughs> like this attractive woman smoking a cigarette. Now it's like, you just wouldn't, yeah. you just wouldn't think of that. But back then it was just like, yeah, it's, look at that cool lady smoking a cigarette.
1: Yeah. I don't know. It does look cool. I mean, candy cigarettes are that like, yeah, yeah, I could look like an adult. Even when you watch an old movie
0: and you see a guy smoking, you're like, what
1: a cool dude. Yeah. Yeah. I always think about when I watch the old or I watch shows about the, that time period and every actor on the show is smoking and I go, What it must smell like on that set. Mm-hmm. Although I think they have like tobacco list cigarettes for those things. Like clove like clove some cigarettes. Some, but even mm-hmm. then, I mean, but th- something's on fire obviously, but I don't know. I think that's
0: why it's cool. There's fire like this close to your face. Yeah. Well the guy and, doesn't even care, he's just
1: like, I don't care. Uh, yeah. I, I, I'm controlling this fire. Yeah. I'm breathing in the fire. Yeah. 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 And then breathing out the fire. Wait. Oh. I'm a dragon. <laughs> 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 what we're saying is, guys, uh, don't we're, bringing, we're bringing cigarettes back. Don't apparently. start smoking, kids. Yeah. My brother started
0: smoking when he was 14, and it blew my mind because... We, my family grew up, we grew up in a group home. My family started a group home when we were like 10, yeah. nine or 10. So we grew up with like all these mentally ill folks in our house that we were taking care of. Right. And they all smoked as very institutional behavior. Right. So everybody smoked. So these guys are like coughing their lungs up all the time. And yet my brother, like still, I, I don't know what it was. I've, I've talked to him about it before. Like, How did you even get, I don't know what it was. Maybe he just always saw it. Yeah. It made me want to stay away from it. Yeah. But he, he quit. I think he smoked for about 10 years, and he, he quit with the patch. Do people still use the patch? Yeah. Or do they do the, whatever, the pill? There's like a pill now where you...
1: There's still Nicorette gum and all kinds of stuff. Yeah. I think there's... The...
0: Yeah, I think it's hard to get off the gum. The gum can become a thing. Really? Because like, there's a comedian, Mark Maron, does a podcast. He was on the gum for like seven years.
1: But it does He had doesn't... stopped smoking, but he would chew the gum. It doesn't have any adverse health effects. It'd be okay to be addicted well, to gum. it's nicotine. Right, but nicotine's not what kills you. It's, it's the carcinogens and the... In the cigarette, right? Nicotine's maybe. Is only, nicotine only, still Nicotine's bad like for you? caffeine or whatever? Like it's just it's just a it's inert. Is that what you're it, saying? Yeah, me? it doesn't have any any. I don't. I don't. Guys, I'm sorry. There's no way to know this. Wow. I don't believe nicotine itself
0: is. Kids, if you're out there,
1: nicotine is the is what makes you have the good feeling from the cigarette, but it's. The actual smoke of the tobacco, mm. you're inhaling smoke into your lungs that causes the cancer. This is like one long health PSA that we're doing today. <laughs> really this is like is the like health
0: <laughs> minute with health episode with John and Johnny. Talk about fat. Like it's a, <laughs> we're just talking about our
1: health and our horrible. I uh, do. It's interesting you said that, that it caused you mm-hmm. to want to not do it. I think I was kind of that kid too a lot of the time, and not just with health things, but there were things if I saw someone in trouble. Yeah And and part of that was My people pleasing Part of that was My My, my Legitimate desire To please God And then also My fear based desire To not Be punished Yeah Or not to disappoint Um But it really did Like if, if 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 there was someone I knew of my age Or similar age Especially Some a little bit older In my family Or whatever They got in trouble It It made me It was like a A conditioning of You don't want that Yeah Um and if so much so that I, probably, I rarely ever saw the fun thing they did. Like now as an adult, I can look back and go, well, I see why they struggle with that, because I can see how much fun they must have had.
0: Yeah. And if I'm honest, like when I see, you'd see people that go on smoke breaks together or there's a social element to smoking that some people had, especially in like the 80s and 90s, yeah. before it became a real pariah thing. Right. Now, if you see people smoke, it's like, go, oh, why don't you just relieve yourself on the children? Like it's, right now it's like a horrible, people know that it's a bad habit. But in the sec- we know more about secondhand smoke. Back then, we didn't. It was just like, oh, I'm getting cancer, too? Yeah. Well, then get out of here. But back then, it was just like, well, whatever. You know, if you want to cough your head off. But then you do see people that they go, you want to go smoke together? Like, even when I go to comedy clubs now uh, at Zanies there's a few comics that smoke, and they'll bum smokes from each other. And then they'll go outside, and I'll be like, I wonder what their conversations are like.
1: Oh, yeah, it's very communal. Like,
0: it's it's communal, and drinking's the same way. right. You know, I don't smoke or drink, so it's like I don't. Maybe I miss out on those things, but yeah, I think that might have been what drew my brother in. I'd have to ask him. Yeah, it'll it, it, it get you. It'll get you those things, and it's fine. And everybody's got their things. I have. Look, like, everybody's got their vices. Mine usually involve gravy Ugh. and, and know, you know, sugar. Well, like food does bring sugar, us together. Like, light flour. If
1: you're having pancakes, I certainly want pancakes.
0: You had pancakes today.
1: I did, and I wanted them.
0: Yeah. And that was
1: after the EKG. Well, You went from EKG to be
0: like, just pouring syrup. You're like holding the syrup this high above the plate. I'm like,
1: wow. (laughs) Look, if I'm not dying, (laughs) I'm going over the Ah aha right after
0: that. Once you get that all clear, it's like, let's go to Chili's.
1: I've had a few all clears this week, and that's great. But it, it... listen, January's coming, Johnny. Life is like... Oh, so now is
0: it a push and pause for the holidays? Because you're like, look, we're going to have all this. What's going to be... Literally, it's it's two meals. Hey. Like Christmas and Thanksgiving is two meals. But we act like... Well, look, I'll start my diet after the. Ho- it's, it's not two just meals. two
1: meals, Johnny. Well, I know there's always there's cookies always and brownies cookies and stuff around the whole time. Not if your wife doesn't bake. Someone already brought cookies to staff meeting this week. That's true. That like they it's come the time of everywhere. the year, people start just dropping off stuff. My wife doesn't bake much, but
0: she baked last night. She goes, "I want to take a pumpkin pie to Thanksgiving uh, on Thursday." Yeah, and I go, "Okay." So she bought the stuff, and then I go, "When are you going to make it?" She goes, "Well, I'm going to make one tonight. That's like a trial pie." I go. Oh, no. Now we're going to eat a There's no going to be two pies.
1: Yeah.
0: Because she makes a gluten-free crust or whatever for it. Right. So basically it's two because – you're like,
1: that's still two less than I would normally eat, but still. Yes.
0: <laughs> I remember one time we were in the store, and there was regular pumpkin pie. And I had not had any pumpkin pie. This was before they made a lot of gluten-free pumpkin pies. This was like five or six years ago when you didn't see it as much. So we're in Kroger getting groceries. And I think we were going to have Thanksgiving at home that year. We didn't go home. So we're just going to make a dinner, and there's this whole pumpkin pie. And I'm literally – I put it in the cart, and she goes, I can't have any of that. Are you going to eat a whole pumpkin pie tonight? I go, no. I'm going to eat this over the next couple of days. Like a normal – I'm not an animal. Yeah. I mean,
1: over the next couple of days, I'm going to eat an entire pie. If you know the pie is going to go all into you, Mm -hmm. do you still – put it into slices or do you just start eating with the fork from the, the middle, from the tin and just kind of leave it out of the middle
0: what are you eating from the middle for
1: well no I'm, I'm saying though like no no you might start from the end But what you... is it soup what are you
0: doing <laughs>
1: <laughs> I'm just saying not from the middle I might slice it up but yeah your the first slice... time you get a slice but after that you just start eating from that slice possibly
0: forward. yeah
1: yeah, yeah. It, it, look, it ends up looking like a yeah it's like a the, mangle like the end of the millennial falcon yeah like you've made a little is it millennial? Or millennium. Millennium. Millennial Falcon. Is, I, I've always
0: re. I've, here's that's Star Wars when it's full of a bunch of like baristas <laughs> and they're wearing beanies <laughs> and scarves.
1: You know, I always say millennial Falcon because Millennium Falcon seems like improper English to me. It's is millennial is an adjective. Right. Mm-hmm. It's also a noun. Yeah, millennials now, but I want it to be that we're describing the Falcon. Instead, oh, instead, boy. Lucas just put two nouns together, mm-hmm. and I've never gotten over it, Johnny. Um, so sometimes that slips out. I'm, the I'm sorry, the Millennial Falcon.
0: <laughs> That's a whole, I'm sure somebody's done that sketch already. I take it easy. I, I doubt no one's. I, doubt. I take it easy on millennials these days. It's just, it's, it's, it's tired, right? We have a
1: lot of millennial friends. Well, it's just tired. It's a dumb well, thing. They're it's not, a, they just, none of these
0: generational tropes are ever true for a whole generation, anyway. That's right. the truth. Except millennials. Because I'm just people kidding, acted guys. like Gen X people were the we don't care generation, too. Like, right. you know, we were post boomers. It's like, oh, these Gen X people. It's like, get out of my, whatever. Stop. What are you doing? That's yeah. not true. It's not true of everybody. I'll, we are best, but.
1: I think Gen X of course you and I are kind of in the Exenials. I'm Gen you're, X. you're a little actually yeah, you're older than me. I'm Exenial. Yeah. So I'm in between I'm still Well X. didn't you say Gen X the thing
0: was uh, analog childhood digital. That's exenial. Exenial. Yeah. Exenial. But I had kind of a digital Right, I was saying you well, my have, digital twenties, you know. You have traits of both. I didn't get my first laptop computer until I was in my like late twenties though. I had that of, was just on me. That was just because I just didn't grow up around computers.
1: I had my I had one of my early twenties. I still have it, by the way. I found it the other day.
0: The, oh, is it just gigantic, heavy?
1: No, I said like I was a, is that like a mini one? I, I got to go to Iceland.
0: I remember that one. It had the little thing in the middle, the little the little, the yeah. little cursor mover.
1: Yeah, I in the middle of the it. keyboard. Yeah, it is like it's like a Casio calculator compared to what we have today, but yeah, uh, in terms of its tech. But you know what? I realized we were watching a show. Um, about World War Two, mm-hmm. and they were using typewriters, and I was like, "I, I really am exennial because I remember typing. What, a few times, I had papers that had to be typed in like elementary school. Yeah, I typed them on typewriters at home. So I have typed, I have turned in papers on typewriters, and obviously I use a computer. So like
0: that huh? is that's you did you span the generations? Who can say
1: that really? I had a beeper. Did you have a beeper? I did. Yeah. Did uh, you send just like poop or whatever? Like you know, there was ways to maybe. Uh, Could you send poop? I don't think you send poop. boobs. But what would be the what would be the number for B or P? Eight. Uh then that's
0: six upside down.
1: A six, yeah, Yeah. you're right. A six upside down will do it. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Uh yeah, you know, we were I just remember like everybody would do you'd send your number and then nine one one was like a call me now. Right. That was the big thing on beepers. Yeah. It was like here's my number and don't ignore this. Right. And then you call me, go like, can you get milk or what? Come on, don't don't abuse the nine one one beep.
1: (laughs) Right. I had to go find a quarter and a and a payphone. Don't be the boy who cried beep. (laughs) Over here. It's like Michael Scott. He's like, I realize no one ever called me back when I just left regular messages. Now I leave nine one one everywhere. Yeah.
0: Well, um, yeah. So then we got. I remember the second work phone I got uh, working for my mom's ministry. She got us all these nextel phones that had the walkie-talkie feature. Yeah, I remember those. The big bricks. They were gigantic, and they would just—you could interrupt someone and just blur. You could just start blurting out things. I don't even know how this ever really took off. Like I think originally I could see it for like construction sites and things. Yeah. Because they had two-way radios and a cell phone. Yeah. So this combined the two things into one clunky technology. But man, those nextel phones—you'd just be at lunch and be like. Hey, uh, can you go by Lowe's and get it? And it's, it,
1: it blo- in the, it's a, you right. can't
0: silence it. Yeah. It's like, well, what are we doing?
1: Like you're a cop on the beat. Yes. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, yeah, yeah. It's a 5150 in progress. You're yeah. just getting a place. Seven plated. Adam Five. We're in, yeah. we're, we're in oh, what do they say, David? <laughs>
0: <laughs> seven Adam Five? Are you sure you want to be a police officer, John?
1: Well, yeah, they say seven seven. That's seven A five. What is that? What is a that's, 785? that's like the, that's the number. That's their number on the top of their car. Oh, okay. So that's the show us responding seven oh, I five. Show us responding. Yeah. Do you know do, not watch cop shows? Do
0: cops still use the thing where they put the magnet siren on top of their or the light on top of their undercover? car? I just haven't seen one of those. Even oh, in movies, you don't see those usually
1: anymore. Usually, the undercover cars now have all the lights oh, they're built, built in. 10. You can't see yeah It's like yeah, they're like the chargers or whatever. You don't need to put the. I can always tell though if I see any. Not that I I'd drive fast or anything, Johnny. Are you on the
0: lookout for the undercover? <clears throat> but I'm always
1: looking out for, like, if it's a completely dark or completely white car mm-hmm. and it's got, it's like a charger or anything resembling. Yeah, if
0: you're driving a charger and it's like a black. You're one of two window. kinds of people. Right. And one of those kinds is a cop. Right. Or an ex cop.
1: And if I see a charger pull over to the side of the road yeah. unmarked, I'm assuming yeah. that I'm He's just waiting. slamming my brakes and stop doing nothing. He's laying in wait. 90 kilometers per hour Sorry.
0: well this episode will not come out until after Thanksgiving John yeah but I was reading a thing about Twitter on Twitter about how like um, this guy who's a, a marriage therapist and a, just a clinician and he talked about I remember the, the tweet was a big tease because it said this guy can predict like 97% of divorces wow when he meets with a couple And how he determines it is if they have contempt for each other Hmm. and they have no, um, there's no gratitude. He talks about how gratitude is like a complete indicator of someone's like overall mental health and overall relational health and how he makes them play this game. He makes friends and family play this game and it's called like gratitude tennis or something. You just go back and forth and say something you're grateful for. Hmm. And eventually it gets to like what you're grateful for in the relationship, but just in general, you just do it. And people always roll their eyes and he's just like, that's what contempt is. I roll, I roll as a physical manifestation of contempt, which is he called it criticism with an air of superiority. And I would never really heard it expressed that way. Wow. And I was like, gosh, I roll my eyes all the time, <laughs> <laughs> but it made me think. And I was like, you know what? Like gratitude is this big antidote for a lot of what ails society Yeah, when you think about it. And I think I'm trying to be more grateful. Even though my mom used to do that thing, did your mom do the thing of like, before you could eat Thanksgiving dinner, everybody had to go around the room and say one thing they were grateful for, we, or thankful for. Yeah, And you'd be like, Mom, what are you doing? Just, the turkey is getting I'm cold. I'm grateful for the turkey. Yeah. Let me eat it. Uh, <laughs> yeah, But I think there is something to it, and I'm trying to just be more uh, present. Because it's like the thing at the end of the office when Andy had that great line where he said, like, How come you never know it's the good old days when you're in them? you right. know, and I feel like my my wife and I and my family were in kind of a really sweet season, and I don't want to like miss it, yeah by being ungrateful or being like waiting for the next big thing, so it's kind of i'm be, I'm being a little contemplative contemplative this week more than I cause I'm making myself be contemplative that's good, it's not in my nature. My nature would be very more cynical and snarky, but
1: I'm trying to be like, you know what? I got it. There's pretty great stuff. I'm very lucky. Yeah, no, I think it's good. I, I think it's it's the holiday lends itself somewhat to that, but I think very few of us really, you know, take Thanksgiving as a chance to, you know, contemplate our gratitude outside of, like you said, of those sort of platitude-driven things. But I, you know, when you were there Sunday. I was talking about sort of that age-old battle between the Optimist and the person who calls themselves the realist, right, because we were in Philippians four about whatsoever things are true and noble right and pure, to think on those things, and sort of that for those of us who are more skeptical or you know i'm I would consider I, I think I started off my life, you would have thought of me as an optimist, probably when you knew yeah it.
0: almost like a cockeyed optimist where you you were in denial yeah, this will. Well, like I remember the famous one is the girl that you were dating. You'd be like, she's doing better. And we would all <laughs> laugh because you always
1: would defend her. Because oh, ha-
0: you needed it to be true so badly.
1: Yeah, but I, I still have a fundamental belief that people will, will, will not let me down. <laughs>
0: yeah, but there's a will not let you down and are currently letting you down. Correct. But that I, you're in denial of.
1: Oh, absolutely. That's no. the
0: part of it that was like annoying to us. We were like, she's not getting better. And it's... You're bearing your head. So that's the part of it where... It wasn't all her. No, no, no. No, No, you were a problem.
1: Our compatibility. Yeah, yeah. What I'm saying is... That's part of it. We're going to be there. It's going to get better. No.
0: Yeah. Um, But yeah, so I definitely would have pegged you more of a... John is someone who will talk himself out of feeling bad about something. Even if he needs to to sit in this emotion and feel bad about it. He'll try to talk himself out of it because he's so sharp in his mind. He'll be like it's like the old joke about the Pentecostal and the Baptist and the Methodist that go to hell or whatever. Yeah. And then the the punchline of the joke is the Pentecostal says the Pentecostal just in the corner going, I'm not in hell, I'm not in hell, I'm not he's <laughs> just confessing his way out of it like a Pentecostal <laughs> right. would. So that's kinda like I got that bent from you. Not to like numbteeth degree where it was annoying and we couldn't be friends, but it was just like I noticed you're way more likely to do that than I was.
1: Yeah. Well Whatever you did to influence me the other way, it was. Oh, you! Yeah, you're
0: you're way in the pit of despair now with me. It's perfect. I mean, it. I'm glad to help.
1: I think that, you know, I think I, I said that. Like, guys, do you really want to take marriage advice from someone you know who's never been married? Yeah. Or do you want to take financial advice from someone who's always behind on their bills? And I was like, if you want to talk about the struggle with contentment, now I can proclaim myself an expert. I'm an expert struggler with this issue of yeah. contentment. And what to do with joy in difficult situations, or gratitude, like to your to your thing. I mean, and Paul kind of just spitballs all these things in chapter four. It's very much like the huge things, but they're they're not situational. They're really more like broad ranging. And um, but we take them as situational as We say, "I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me." Yeah, and I'm gonna go hit this ball harder because of that. And it's really, really coming out of though, like actually. I've learned in all situations and suffering, and in, in, in not suffering, and riches and in poverty. I've learned how to be content. The secret is I can do all the that of Christ that strengthens me. Yeah. Um, and that age-old battle between that realist and pessimist—you know—I've kind of come to the conclusion that both are wrong. That if you if you really want to be a realist, then there really is something good. Yeah, always to be thankful yeah.
0: for. You're ignoring the good things if you're only like focusing on the bad. Going well, I'm being realistic. It's like no, you're ignoring the good things.
1: Right? You, yeah. To just see the the downside of something. Yeah. And, and I and I've lived. Well, here's the thing. I've lived as both. <laughs> mm-hmm. I've lived as I just I don't want to see the bad. You know. And I've lived as I can't see the good. And the reality is, and that's why Paul says, if if there's anything, and there always is, if there's anything praiseworthy, then you can. Balance or shepherd your thinking. And I, that was sort of the main thought. Like your your thoughts are like little sheep. You know, you don't need to hate them. They're they're a part of you. Yeah. You you need to corral them or pay attention to where they're going. Right.
0: Shave them. Make sweaters of them.
1: Exactly. Is it <laughs> spiritually, of course, in but.
0: a spiritual sweater.
1: Oh my goodness. But you know, if if I see my thoughts wandering towards the cliff of despair, uh huh, it may feel like that's reality, and there may be something worth feeling despair over. Yeah. But there's never a moment, especially in Christ, where that's the whole of reality. So I think that's where it gets me is when this, the circumstance becomes the whole. It's like, mm-hmm. you know, again, putting your thumb up in front of your eye makes it look bigger than the whole room.
0: Right. Or like right now I'm
1: crushing your head. I crush your head. Crush, crush. Yeah. Um, and so I just want to be a person that I, I still tend to I – don't, I don't know if it's always thoughts. It's also feelings. Mm-hmm. Like I went when I went into that Vanderbilt – Appointment. point that my blood pressure was through the roof, though. I wasn't actively nervous. Yeah. I have blood drawn all the time, all those things, but I've just learned. And I, I turned to the nurse and I said, well, here's the deal. I can't fake blood pressure. Yeah. <laughs> like you have to be like a CIA operative to do that. Right. Like I, I can think I'm not nervous, you know, but the day before my bronchoscopy, same thing, blood pressure through the roof. Or the day of, she was like, "Are you feeling nervous?" I was like, "Nope," but I can't fake that. My body is feeling what it what it's going to do.
0: Yeah, I wonder what they do with people who are nervous all the time. Like when they're trying to give you a polygraph test, and you're not lying, you're just nervous about being in the, in polygraph. the polygraph test. Yeah, they're like, "This guy's a liar." No, he's just really jittery. Yeah, and you can't. You He's can't. not used to having electrodes hooked up to him. They're like, sir, do you have lotion on? No, I just, I'm yes. not a liar. Maybe. Maybe I do. Sir, we detect lotion. <laughs> it said you were being deceptive when you said the thing about the lotion.
1: I use moisturizing soap. I'm sorry. <laughs> um, but I think, yeah, to to say, hey, there's always something and it. It's very, there's a, my wife has this in our bathroom on, you know, this this piece of art. There's always something to be thankful for. Always, 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 always. Something. That's in your bathroom. It's in the bathroom. Okay. I mean, I don't think it's like it's not relative to the to the bathroom. But I mean, I suppose you could be thankful there as well. But <laughs> but I think like it's just it's that's it,
0: some that's next level gratitude
1: right there. <laughs> Lord, I just thank you. Flush. That's beautiful. <laughs> well, I guess if you what could, an interesting family if you have. You couldn't go. Yeah, it's true. Um, yeah, but I. I I think that's what's weird. What suffering does make you aware of what you had that you weren't thankful for when you had it. Yeah. You know, Mm -hmm. like this is a weird thing now looking back over this year. This is like the year of medical things for me. Yeah. Like I started the year with COVID, you know, pretty decent, bad case. Uh, Right after that broke my finger, spent six months basically in a splint with my finger. Uh, In the middle of that, (laughs) I have this, major upper respiratory issue that also turns into shingles that yeah. almost we think turns into this scan. We're not sure what it, I mean, it's just crazy all the way up to like today. Here I am going to get an Yeah, ADHD. I mean, that, the lung thing
0: turned into a cancer scare.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Just a weird, and I remember in the middle of not knowing if I had cancer, in that moment, I'm suddenly so aware of the health that I had had the whole time up to that moment. Yeah health that I was not, I mean, I'm always, I think I'm always kind of thankful for health because I'm, 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 forecasting bad things, you know, but in that moment, like I would give anything to just not have that worry again. Yeah. I get the whole making a deal with God type thing when you're in trouble. Oh yeah. Totally understand totally that emotion because it's so big right then. Mm-hmm. Like I would give anything. And, and I did the other day, Sadie was, uh, you know. You know, having a rough moment about something, and as her dad, I was able to just come in, and it was very clear to me what she needed from me, Mm -hmm. and I was able to, you know, give her affection and just a little bit of just encouragement, and it really made a difference for her. And I was almost in tears later because I remembered, like, there was a moment where I thought I wouldn't be there to do that. Yeah, and I was like, God, thank you, let me, you let me stay, you know. So, like, without the suffering, though, I don't know if you can. Right, you can't get that perspective put, you, without just, it. You can't. I, I, don't, I don't want the suffering, <laughs> but that's what Paul was saying. What like, the secret is, I've suffered enough to know now. Yeah, that I really can. Jesus can sustain me and all will sustain me in all things, uh, yeah. and that's even that's including death. But the life you have, though, yeah, the moment to go. Oh, I know there was moments I wasn't sure about this, and it's been here, and this is the this is the greatest gift. I try to be that way about my marriage. And I think you're that way too about your marriage. We talk about I will say this to you to encourage you whether you know this or not. You are constantly saying things that are expressions of gratitude about Curry. Yeah. And to me, just in just us talking all the time. And I think you live grateful for your marriage. I hope
0: so. Yeah. Yeah. I'm uh I it seems like I'm becoming more and more aware of it. I think the longer you've been with somebody you're like, oh wow, this or you see other people or it doesn't it doesn't work out. And I think about how young we were too, and I just go, Man, that could have gone sideways so fast yeah. because we're so different than those kids who got married. And uh yeah, man, I just I'm I'm very grateful. Uh yeah. And that because uh, I think I'm a lot. I'm one of those people where you wouldn't say I'm a, a jerk and you wouldn't say that I'm a bad person, but you might there might be people in my life that go, Johnny's a lot. You know. Maybe not.
1: Yeah, that's that's your I have that. I have that internal critic, yeah. that particular critic that says I'm I'm too much. Yeah. And here's the thing. I believe in my case, it's true. <laughs> it's not just like a, a narrative thing. I don't uh, think you're, you're yeah. not really, I don't think you're a lot like I'm a lot, but I don't think people who think that about themselves feel that others are that way. Like the things about you that you think are a lot are things I'm like, Oh, that's no big deal.
0: Yeah. Because I'm you're I'm, like this other thing I need. You now to this work thing on.
1: really bothers me, but, <laughs> work on that. but it's funny how, we can be loyal or empathetic to others in a way that it's really difficult to be towards ourselves.
0: Hey, it's hard. It's hard to be good to yourself. Hey, I need you to laugh. My buddy, John, (laughs) he's my pal.
1: And I hated that kind of stuff because it sounds silly to say, Yeah, but I I do, I do. And I think you could take it too far, but I do believe if you loathe yourself, which is how I spent a lot of my life doing. Yeah. Like you do limit, what you can receive from God or what you can receive from others. You really, really do because you want to yeah. see your value of why he would want to give it.
0: Well, we're learning that even in like therapy and things like that. Now I read these, these reports and they talk about how like, if you want to make real wholesale changes in your personality and in your behavior, you can't do it by like a punitive style of like coaching. Yeah. Like if you see these guys like, just get up and do it. Right. You know, like that doesn't work. You have to befriend yourself. Yep. Like you can't – if you want to lose 30 pounds, you can't hate yourself enough to lose 30 pounds. You can love yourself enough to go, let's get healthy. Right. You. But there's – if you lose 30 pounds because you hate yourself, it's either not going to stay off or you're going to do it in a really unhealthy way. Right. It doesn't work. So you have to go like – I want to train for this race. I'm going to run every day because I, and you can't even do it for other people. That's the other part is you can't go like, I love Sadie so much. I want to be a healthy dad for her. And so I'm going to do, you can do that for a little while, but eventually it has to be for you. And I think we were raised in that thing of like anything that hinted like that sounded like humanism to us. So we wouldn't do it. Right. We'd be like, Oh, I'm in the flesh. Yeah. But God gave us this symbiotic relationship with our bodies. We're supposed to love ourselves. That's a type and shadow of his love for us. Like, it's okay. There's obviously a road too far when you can get way too into yourself and into your looks and all those other things. But I just think we're so afraid of being selfish that we think we should hate ourselves.
1: Well, when Jesus gave the second part of the greatest commandment, when he identified the way you could love others – to the best of your ability yeah. he compared it to the way you love yourself
0: yeah I think he had you in mind he was like <laughs> I want you to love I want you to love me as John loves John because John <laughs> really? driver loves him some John
1: I will say though that it, it when you say love your neighbors you love yourself and I tell all the churches all the time I'm like that's hard because I don't really love myself that much most right. of the time we think
0: it's like it's okay that I don't like this guy in traffic because yeah, I, I, I hate myself too yeah. <laughs> yeah. we give ourselves an out
1: Yeah, it really is. Like, I had to come to the realization, like, John, you don't even do that right. There's a lot going on in those two. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, your soul, and your mind, your strength, is. and love your neighbor as yourself. There's a lot going on. Like, you'll spend—and that's why he said these are the two that encompass all the others. They're not just simple things. There is a lot of complexity and depth and nuance in that, like, oh— well, I just think I can love my neighbor like, oh, wait, I don't love myself. Well, there you go. There's work to do there. Yeah. You know, then do I treat my neighbor as I want to be treated, which, I mean, the golden rules kind of wrapped up in those things, yeah. you know? No, I don't. Like, I actually, it, it, it's crazy. Do I give my neighbor the mercy that I wish was given to me? That's really what that should mm-hmm. be saying. Not just I did a good deed for him, but...
0: Yeah, I think about it uh, like I'm a self-employed comedian, so I hate my boss, but... <laughs> I also get to talk crap about him on stage. (laughs) That's true.
1: So that's like perfect (laughs) revenge. You get paid to talk crap about your boss on stage. Wow. Yeah. Yeah.
0: What's better than that? That's amazing. (laughs)
1: That's the best. (laughs) Well, guys, we hope that you have found this episode the best and uh, oh, it's already listen
0: Thanksgiving's already over for you if you're listening to this the following Monday but we hope it went well we hope Uncle Frank did not tell you you were going to hell because you had an earring or a mm, tattoo or who yeah. you voted for whatever whatever happened at Thanksgiving dinner Yeah, it's over let's put it under you the you get a
1: few more weeks uh, have to experience it all again we Christmas. hope you're having
0: leftovers right now as you listen to this you're having yeah. you're eating from that uh, you know tan- tin of pumpkin pie mm. with a fork yeah in bed maybe maybe
1: that's okay no, it's fine. You
0: need this time to just, you know, you,
1: decompress. Yeah. Just don't. Yes. No, no. There's no don't. Just do it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's okay. <laughs> so, hey, uh, we made a pretty cool announcement last week.
0: That's right. Uh, Life Audio has taken us on to their roster. And uh, so some exciting changes are coming to the show. And you'll start you'll start seeing those roll out. There'll be like little added bumpers and things like that that uh, give us a little bit of a pedigree. Oh, you'll be like, Oh, fancy podcast. Well, look at this, yeah. and then people will be like, They've changed. Ah, this really, I liked them when they just they're just normal. There's they're
1: so corporate now. I do hope at some point we get to do because they'll be putting some ads in, mm-hmm. but if you we don't necessarily yet get to do like an ad that we get to read that that could come. Oh, yeah, but I or we think can they, just be like stamps.com, everybody. Yeah, my fear of that is, is that we couldn't do it without making fun of the product. We've been doing not sponsored buys for so long. I hope I can still... That we, make, a, we make fun of the products. There'll actually be sponsored buys, so what... Right, but so if you make a joke about Stamps.com... Oh, and
0: then what if that scares them away right, from everyone? like, well, to, wait a second,
1: you know. But, I mean, isn't that kind of what everybody does? Isn't that what Geico does? I mean, they're not I'm making fun of I'm trying to think if there's their,
0: any of those not sponsored buys that I would ever think would ever even look our way. And um, I've made some real products that I've made fun of, for sure. Yeah. But...
1: If you guys haven't read in our show notes that not sponsored by. Well, no, but
0: I'll say them out loud now in the pre show Oh, that's so. true. They're, yeah.
1: But, but if are yeah. the old episodes, they're really funny. Johnny, There's a bunch of them. Johnny, Johnny writes, writes a really 200 funny, funny joke every, every week on but not sponsored by. Every year. Every year, every one he gets. <laughs> <no>. <laughs> the other's just okay. Yeah.
0: But so. yeah, so that would be interesting. It's interesting to see what they choose, what strange bedfellows they put with us. Yeah. Uh, that's okay. That's
1: part of the game, John. Yeah. This that's, episode brought to you by Strange Bedfellows. Yeah. We should start a mattress company called Strange Bedfellows. Hey. It'd be great. Like the mattresses aren't like rectangular or square. Yeah.
0: They're like rhombuses. <laughs> <laughs> Only one of you has room. That'd be
1: great. Yeah. Strange uh-huh. Bedfellows. I wonder if that's if we haven't got that URL, do it now. Yeah. StrangeBedfellows.com. Uh but you can go to our actual URL. Talk about that podcast dot com.
0: Mm. Over two hundred archived episodes for you as you mm. travel for your holiday excursions, yeah, down catch, holiday road
1: catch up on a few of those episodes with your family friends uh enemies, children, yeah, bring everyone along dogs there's a little there's something for everyone, yeah, really. Uh, You can also follow Johnny on his link tree. Just go find Johnny W, J-O-N-N-I-E-W. Follow me on socials. I'm putting out two or three clips
0: a week now. These podcast clips are starting to come out as video clips. That's kind of fun. uh, We're getting some traction on the old Chinese app called TikTok. I don't know if you saw that. Maybe I have had some TikTok's got like 200,000 views now. Wow. So I don't know what that means, and it's not really affected me in a positive way other than being like, look at this. People are... Leaving uh, one out of five of these comments is really weird and sounds like it's from a bot. That's fun. So find me on there. I'm on TikTok. It's everything on you dream Facebook, be. yeah.
1: That's all you really wanted when you go, go to Go to
0: Amazon. Comedy. Look up John Driver's books. So many books. There's one behind you right now, the audio <laughs> version of Not So Black and White. That'd be a great Christmas gift for somebody.
1: It would, yeah. You can go download the audio book of Not So Black and White by Reggie Dabbs and John Driver. And Reggie and I actually spent a week in a studio in Nashville recording this audio book. Mm-hmm. And it was an experience. And it was awesome. Uh, so you can hear our voices. If you like what you hear in the podcast. And why You could you? hear an entire book with me and Reggie talking just like this. Wonderful. So, yeah, it's really less NPR and more book reading. But anyway, yeah. do you have an NPR voice? Uh, no. no. I was, this is it. This is it. I definitely have a more amplified,
0: you know, the intensity of my southernness goes up when I'm doing comedy, probably. I have more of a character on stage. It's probably 20% amplified. Yeah. This is more of a, just my sitting around Johnny this is voice.
1: You. Yeah. Yeah. Your voicemail too has a professional. I'm gonna have told you that. You you're, you have a southern on stage. Your voicemail has a very midwestern. Thank you for calling. Hey, Johnny. Hey, leave a message after the tone. Yeah, uh, that's weird. Am I smoking? <laughs> I don't know.
0: <laughs>
1: Call Iris, my agent. <laughs> anyway, so uh, uh, hey, say hi to Iris for me.
0: I will. Yeah. Yeah. Please don't. Please don't call me again. (laughs) Who's leaving voicemails anyway? Just text me. That's what every voicemail should just say. Hey, this is Johnny. Just text me. Beep. That's it. Yeah.
1: Don't leave a voicemail for people. It's one of those latest uh, becoming your parent commercials for Mm -hmm. you know it was you know okay where did they go wrong well he only named, he only gave his number once he's like didn't he give his number yeah i already see who's calling you know well you know he didn't and he goes he shouldn't let the voicemail at all just text him that's like <laughs> yeah, true so, hey guys but you could leave us uh messages via email you can oh, email me at john and john Driver.com with any questions comments other things leave a review uh tweet us wherever you listen to podcasts <sighs> we love to hear from you guys Yeah. And, and stay, stay buckled up, man, for some new stuff coming up soon. About mid-December, you should see our sort of uh, migration over to Life Audio Podcast Network. Grateful to be a part of that roster and that team. So, guys, we're grateful that you spent the time with us today. We'll do it again next week on Talk About That.